guys. What is going on today? Uh, super excited to talk about this one today. And uh, it's going to be a passionate subject for me. So don't be surprised if I get a little fired up and get a little fast talking on this. But what I want to talk about today, guys, is healthy debate and openness of mind and what this can kind of do for us in terms of being an accepting individual. And something that I find and something we're going to talk a lot about today that is going to be ultra prevalent for this next up and coming generation is confirmation bias. And a lot of this started coming up and I knew I kind of wanted to talk about this after last week. One of my loyal listeners, number two, immediately emailed me and we had a little healthy debate discussing school. And if you guys listened to the last podcast, you know that I talked a little bit about what it would mean if we got rid of something like math. And, you know, his philosophy on the topic was that math was integral in his learning how to problem solve, how to step back from something that was frustrating him and deal with that frustration and look for a way around the problem to come to a solution. And I love that. That was an angle that I necessarily hadn't thought about. And, uh, you know, I think it's amazing to have this is what we're doing. We're having openness of ideas. We're discussing different concepts. And really what I love most about that is I think that this is the system that we should be in. He should be able to have a school that maybe doubles down on math and we can sit there and you know, people who learn that way, people who like the problem solving aspect of it, they can go there and they can have games and puzzles and philosophy and math and these things that are constantly testing and trying your brain. They're helping you with logic conversation, logic loops and all these other things to help develop you as a person in that way. And that might be unbelievably successful. We don't know. The problem is, is we're, we're, we stop trying, right? We don't have openness of mind. We are just stuck doing the same thing over and over and over, even though I don't get the impression that too many people are very happy with the system. And that's the thing that's crazy to me is if you're unhappy with something like we should be constant, why are we with education? Why are we not constantly changing? Why is every generation not vastly different in terms of how they're trying to teach kids? At any given time, I feel like at least half of the public school curriculum should be trials, should be testing not testing in the sense of like uh, like standardized testing, which is ridiculous. And especially when we do it so young, like absolutely ridiculous. I read some great studies about uh, how Norway basically like doesn't even test students, doesn't even take grades, doesn't care at all until they're 13 or 14, because everything up in that until then, it's just for development's sake. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything else. It's just development's sake. And then you should just, we, so we should be testing and trying these different concepts. Does it matter? Does it change something? Are students better or worse off from a mental health perspective, better or worse off from a world preparation perspective if they're taking classic math and maybe doubling down or doing more of that? Or if maybe the only math that they're ever taught is when they're 15 or 16 and it's finance, teaching them about how to, you know, control debt. And you're going to learn things like, you know, percentages multiplication as it pertains to like credit card debt and compounding interest and all of these different things that they're going to be facing in the years to come. 
But this is the problem. And what we get stuck in is our own mindsets, our own opinions. And one of the most important things, and if we're thinking about like on the spectrum of things that can help you as a person, being open-minded to new ideas and new concepts and not being afraid of them. It is one of the, if not the most important thing I think that you can work on controlling in your own mindset is being accepting of other thoughts and other feelings, other opinions. Can you step back, look at how somebody else might think, look at how somebody else might feel and say, I disagree with that, but I can totally understand why that person feels that way, given their experience and given the things that have happened to them in their life or given that viewpoint, like I, I understand it. It's, and, and so I like to look at, I try to take as much as I can from the vehement other side of things that I believe in. Right. I am not all the way into vegetarianism or veganism, right? Like I believe that humans are meant to eat meat. I think that it provides essential nutrients from a chemical and medical perspective. I think you should be eating meat. Yes, I think you should be eating high quality meat. Philosophically, I also believe that apathy is not a way to make change. And so vegans and vegetarians have basically chose to just not eat or another way to put that is not vote right with their dollars, not vote on the subject by totally separating themselves from it. And so this is the analogy that I always use. If you're a vegetarian, right? Or if let's, let's say it's a political race. Okay. Is the best way for you to impact a political race, to just not vote or is the way to actually engage in a political debate to find a candidate who believes in what you believe in to volunteer for that candidate to fight for them put yard signs make phone calls talk about the candidate to people influence the candidate to do what they say keep pressure on them have a loud voice is that better right and so what i think about with that is if you're a vegetarian what do you want typically you want the ethical treatment of animals right i want that too I eat animals. I desperately want that. I am an animal lover, right? I've never been hunting. I don't like hunting. I've never, I've been fishing once or twice. Don't like it. Like I, I like animals to just rest in their natural place and I like to not mess with them too much. However, I understand that I, I think it's essential, like I said, to eat animals. So if I was in a situation where I felt that I needed to hunt or fish to feed myself or feed my family, I would absolutely do that. Right. But all things being equal, I think that I know in our current world, I don't need to do that. Right. There are people that are going to do that for me. I can go and then I pay for that. Okay. But I give my dollars. I pay the people who are going and doing that ethically. They're letting the animals roam and raise them in a natural environment where they're able to have a happy life. You can go to the farm and you can see it, right? And then they butcher the meat or they have the eggs or whatever it would be. And so it's natural. It's wild caught fish. Okay. It's not these, you know, sweatshop cows and sweatshop salmon that they just like raise super fast pump full of steroids and hormones and cage these animals up in these horrible prisons for their entire existence and then kill them so that you can have a hamburger at McDonald's. I don't believe in that at all. 
but I choose, if we think about what's going to change the issue, is people stopping eating meat changing the issue? Not at all, right? Doesn't impact the situation at all, okay? Now, if you were to then go and let's say you would pay, okay, let's see, let's think. At Stover's, I spend about $400 a month on meat, okay? And that's wild, grass-fed meat. Not wild, sorry, except for their deer. But their their cows are free-range. Their chickens are free-range. You can go to their farm. It's in Johnstown. They're good people. I agree with everything that they're doing. So I give them my dollars. It's about $5,000 a year. Now, we have a community of, you know, let's say 300, 400 people. Now, if all of those people can do some math here, right? There's your math, Brian. I need it. So let's say we're $5,000 a year, 300 people. That's $1.5 million in business. Okay. Think about that. $1.5 million just in our community. Think about what that small business could do with $1.5 million. They could expand their farm. They could buy more land. They could have more animals bred and fed properly and housed appropriately. They could buy better housing for the animals. They could buy better food for the animals if they are feeding them. If they're not wild or if they're not, uh, I, see, this is where I get messed up, but if they're not uh, just grain fed, right? If they're, they're naturally grass fed uh, cows. So if you think about this, that's how I think about making an impact in the situation is let's vote with our dollars. Let's let's be giving to businesses that we believe in that are fighting for a mission. Let's not just say, eh, you know, I'm going to sit this one out because I don't believe in it. But what have we found? And what happens, and this is true across almost everything, right? I'm just choosing this because it's a topic for me where I need to take a step back and I need to say, I can totally see where vegetarians and vegans are coming from. I totally understand. I get it. I I think we're in the same fight. I really do. And it's just a different way at looking at solving the problem. And if the problem isn't getting better and there's more and more vegetarians every year, maybe it's not actually affecting the change that we want it to. And so if we think about that a different way, there's small businesses, there's small farms, they're being suffocated. They can't survive because there's not enough money going into that. So they close down and it's a shame. It's one of the saddest things that I think is going on in our culture is small farmers are maybe not even going to exist in 10 years, which is just going to be a travesty. And I don't think people understand the impact of that and what that's going to mean. But you're going to have zero control over the quality of the meat that you're getting almost anywhere. Any grocery store, if you live in a city, you have no control. That's just going to be sweatshop cows and the meat's going to be packed into a truck. And like these are things that cause disease that cause all of this unhealthiness that we're experiencing like this has an impact and it, and these are things that we can take action on relatively simply and i'm not telling you if you're a vegetarian and you just don't agree with uh you know eating meat and you know you're just you're morally opposed and you you're just kind of repulsed a little bit by meat generally i'm not telling you to go and start having a bajillion you know pieces of steak every year i'm telling you just Maybe start with something simple. Find somebody who's got some, you know, cage-free, farm-fresh eggs, and support them. 
And, you know, maybe even think about having some of your own chickens that can lay eggs or some own your own ducks and and run it the way that you feel comfortable. But I just don't think that apathy is the way. And so I can take my confirmation bias and I can sit there and I can only watch documentaries that, you know, support my conclusion. And I can only spend time around people that are like, oh, you don't eat meat. <laughs> what a loser. I know that's so stupid. You're an idiot. You know, and I can be surrounded by people who don't agree with that. Or I can sit there and I can say, what are the arguments on the other side? Let's hear those. I want to watch videos. I want to watch YouTube videos. I want to watch documentaries. And I hear the arguments on the other side, right? It's really low quality, very poorly treated animals. I completely agree with you on that end. And that's helped me form my opinion, form my philosophy on it. That's just deeper than I don't care. I'm not, I'm not eating meat and not caring. I'm caring a lot about where I get my meat from and how that meat is sourced and how it's created and so on. So that's helped me care a little bit more about my opinion is not having the confirmation bias and looking into the issue before I make a decision and weigh in on it. And I think this is true across everything. And I'm not going to get too political here. And obviously everything now gets politicized. But what we think about with this is it's it's the slippery slope. Politics is usually the slippery slope that starts confirmation bias. And what I find is, and I have you know, you know, family members uh, on both sides between Maria and I, it's it's kind of funny how, um, you know, polar opposites uh, on sides we get here. But it's this is this is the one thing that I think is truer than most is the very conservative sides of our family. Right. The the you know voted for Trump, super happy about it and loved every second of it. All they do is watch Fox News. The only people they follow is Fox News. The only people they're unfriending people on Facebook who disagree with them or maybe put something about, you know, let's go the opposite end, like AOC or something like that. And they so basically what they do is anybody who has a differing opinion to them there, that person's an idiot, fuck them and they shut them off. And that's it. And the problem that that entails is. We like we are a free thought democracy. Everything in terms of progress, in terms of development, came from us sitting in a room together and saying, look, we don't agree on everything. But what we do agree about is that we're being oppressed by the king of England. Taxes are unfair and we want something that's more free so that we can sit here and discuss our thoughts and take a consensus opinion and make that the law of the land. And now that's been ruined, let's just say, <laughs> generally, in terms of, you know, states' rights and all the way that our, our actual country was supposed to be founded. But the philosophy still needs to sit there. America doesn't work otherwise. Our societies, our communities don't work otherwise. If everybody has this firm, you know, stance and they're dug into the sand and there's no moving them, there's no debate, there's no conversation, then we lose as a society. We lose everything. We lose a lot. You lose a lot as a person. And I tell you this because no matter what way you cut it, 
whether you're right or whether you're wrong. And again, that's always going to be up for debate and opinion. But let's just say somehow you are right or wrong on an opinion related issue. If you didn't take into account the other side, the other point of view, then you did everybody a disservice and progress is going to be stunted because of that. And this is what we think about when we think about education. This is what we think about when we think about our own education. When we think about our own fitness, our own health, is we should be in a constant skeptical mindset. We should hear thoughts and opinions, should hear articulated arguments, and you should then use your brain to take all of that good, high-quality information into account and then make the best decision possible. This is what I did with health and fitness is I knew exactly what I wanted out of my body. I knew exactly what I wanted to be capable of. All of those things. And I looked across every possible workout platform there was. And when you do that, it's just a clear answer. There's just absolutely nothing even close to functional movements performed at a relative intensity, right? Or for us as as capable people, a high intensity, but let's say a relative intensity and being ready for anything. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to be so big and bulky that I couldn't move. I didn't want to be so lean and scrawny that I couldn't pick things up or move, you know, furniture around my house. I wanted to be able to, you know, do things at 40 that most 25-year-olds couldn't do. I had all these different things and CrossFit was and still remains to the day the answer for that. And I took into account everything, bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, all these new ones that are all the same, these these high intensity, simple knockoffs of CrossFit, like Shred 4 on 5 and Orange Theory and all these other things that are just gimmicky. And they're all doing the same thing, just not as well. And so you take into account all those. You look at all the information. Let me hear your argument. Why is this working? Why does this work for people? And does that get me closer to my goal when it's well articulated? Or is it even well articulated at all? And so, but one of the things I tell our coaches and our coaches are required to go on field days to other gyms, to other facilities to see and do workouts with them. I want them to pay attention to everything. I want them, if you can steal one little nugget, that's something that's that they are doing that is better than us, we need to do that. The worst thing that we could do as a facility is say, CrossFit's the way, there's no other answer, everything else is stupid. Why would you ever do anything else? Everything else is stupid. Like marathons are stupid, running's stupid, right? And you know, Orange Theory is stupid, and that's just stupid. And CrossFit's the shit, and it's amazing, it's awesome. And like that's the worst thing we could ever do. Because then you're closed-minded. You're not open to free thought. You're not open to improvement. Because there is potential all the time in everything you do for a better point of view to come along. You have to be accepting of that with technology. If you guys are on social media, or if you guys are watching news networks, first of all, I would highly, highly, highly caution you away from watching the news. And one of my favorite statements on this is Denzel Washington says, if you're watching the news, you're misinformed. If you're not watching the news, you're uninformed. So what do you do? And I think it's a great question. And the answer to the question is you watch and you read and you study things from 
all across different spectrums. And then you take into account the information that you think is necessary, is important, is viable to you and your life and your values. And then you make a decision and an opinion call on that. And if we go back to the original example, Brian and I just disagree, but that's awesome. I love it. I love, 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 love when somebody disagrees with an opinion with me and we can sit there and we can have a discussion on it. So long as that person isn't so violently close minded that they're unwilling to actually have a conversation. And unfortunately, this is something that I think we see in our society more often than not now. And a lot of it is because of the 24-hour news networks and all these people trying to get you to download their information app, whether it's you know Fox News or Huffington Post or CNBC or MSNBC or CNN or blah, blah. It's like, download our app and watch our content and our election night coverage and our this and our that so that we get clicks and we get views, so that we get advertising dollars, so that we all don't go out of business, so that we still have a job and blah, 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 blah. They don't give a shit about the information that you get. They are literally doing everything in their power just to get you know, point one more rating next time and get, you know, a couple more viewers for their stockholders so that they can stay in business and keep this whole train running. And once you realize that, then you should realize that everything that comes out of their mouth is just with a grain of salt, right? It's they have a different agenda and it's to make money. It's not to inform you. And when we think about that, then it's just you shouldn't really be consuming too much of that information because you never know what they're saying or what they're doing with the goal of making money as opposed to with the goal of actually informing you. And this is why I think podcasts have become amazing because you have access to some of the most amazing people in the world who are doing it like I am. We're doing it for free. We're doing it because we see some problems in our society that we think that maybe we can give a different point of view on and maybe we can help with. Maybe that opinion will touch somebody the right way and maybe somebody today who has been solely consuming conservative, hardcore, right-wing stuff will maybe start to look for an issue and maybe find something that they go, you know what, Like this is a conservative issue and it's just not one that I agree with and that's okay. Or here's something that has been politicized by the association that I typically vote for, and I'm just not sure on it. I'd love to hear some other thoughts, right? And you take abortion as a good one. It's let's just say you don't agree and you are, you know, pro-life on abortion and you read an account and my cousin actually wrote a absolutely world-changing accountant. She's a professor at Columbia. She's unbelievably intelligent. And she wrote just the most impactful story of her journey, um, you know, on abortion, some might say. Some others might say, um, you know, a miscarriage. And it's, it's a very, very impactful story. And, you know, regardless where you sit on the issue, it's worthwhile to hear that point of view if you feel like that's something that you do have a point of view on or you are maybe a little bit closed-minded on or you think you're pretty firm in the sand on that. Maybe you could read that and maybe you could see both points of view. But I think it's that's what we need to be doing is how are we looking at the things in our viewpoint and are we just too 
you know, close to the tree right in front of us to be able to take a step back and maybe see what else is going on and take on some different viewpoints. And the last piece of this, guys, and really why I wanted to talk about it is I think once you become this way, once you become a little bit more open minded and you shouldn't look at it always as your fault. A lot of this stuff was built into you before you could even have a say in it, right? It's a lot of societal pressures, you know, what you're exposed to, where you grew up and all those things. And I don't think that people are always in control of it, but you are in control of your mindset now. And you shouldn't, you know, beat yourself up for anything. You can always change. You can always take on new viewpoints and new mindsets and that's fine. But what we want to be thinking about with this guys is this is just a mental health thing. If you're going to get real worked up about things that a lot of times are just out of your control. Okay. You know, I get, I get worked up about a lot of stuff, but not in like a bad way. I don't think some people do it in a bad way. Um, you know, I get passionate. And I get excited to talk about these new ideas and concepts for this reason. I like to, I like to hear what you guys come back with. I like to hear your thoughts. I like to hear your debates on it. I like to have discussions. I like to hear other viewpoints. And when you do that, when, you know, you are, you are a hardcore liberal and a a Democrat and you were just like, there's, you know, Trump's got no chance. This is ridiculous and so on. And then when they lose, you can just say, you know, huh. Well, that's interesting, man. I wouldn't believe that that many people would, you know, feel so differently from me. Maybe I need to take a step back and understand what's going on with our country a little bit more. Maybe I'm maybe I'm blind to it. And instead of the the vitriol and the hate and the negativity and the anxiety and the stress and the pressure that a lot of people experienced during that time. And this is what we think about. It makes you a more even keel, low key, you know, stress just kind of rolls off your shoulder and stress just kind of rolls off your back because anything that comes up philosophically, any new idea, anything that other people might think as something to get just angry about just mad and you know they're yelling and they're screaming and you watch these you know college kids on campuses and I love the passion I love it but couldn't that passion be calmed down just a little bit so that we could have some healthy debate and we could move our society forward. And that's what I really want out of this is you know we're all adults we're well most of us right we're not 20 we're not still figuring out our value systems. I think a lot of that is what the college kids are dealing with is a little bit of confusion and they have a hard time taking a step back and saying, huh, yeah, you know, I might be wrong on that. When's the last time you said that? When's the last time that you were challenged and you said, huh, yeah, I could be wrong there. That's, I mean, it's a really good point. You bring up a great point and that's something for me to think about. And I'd like, you know, I I like, like, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Like, and then just listen to that. Doesn't it sound kind of cool? Doesn't it sound kind of laid back? Doesn't it sound like you're somebody who maybe could easily progress and learn new things and develop their own values and principles and philosophies? 
as opposed to no that's fucking stupid no you're an idiot get out of here you're crazy man that's there's a <laughs> who would ever think that what you're stupid what an idiot uh, it's just you believe in that oh my god what a moron I, what kind of an idiot would think that and you think less about people and you're negative and you're talking down to them and you think you're better than them and you know there are times and there are situations where you know, you can be like, there are things it's like, you know, I can be pretty adamant in my stance of, you know, nutrition or whatever it might be. However, that is only going to be as good, right? Let's say some scientific things are only going to be as good as it gives value to somebody. So the right way to eat might not be the right way to eat for somebody just due to food aversions. And I'm a good example of that. I really, really like, I will throw up in my mouth if I have broccoli. Like I literally like the smell of it, the texture of it, the taste of it. I will literally throw up in my mouth. And even when people like eat it around me, I get like a little bit sick. And, but scientifically, I understand that broccoli is of very high nutritious value and I would recommend all of you to eat it. However, do you see the the problem there is if that doesn't work for me, then the right way doesn't work for everybody. And if it doesn't work for one person, then it's not the way and therefore there is no the way. And so you should never be firm in your stance on almost anything because there's always a situation that could come up and change your mind. And it's an interesting philosophy when you start thinking about soldiers and, you know, wars and, you know, let's take the Nazis, like the most evil empire of all time. And everybody just lumps in evils in lumps in Nazis into evil. Right. And we think about that. However, I have been an infantry soldier And when you're an infantry soldier and when you're a lower enlisted soldier, you don't have a ton of options. You're you're not given a lot of free thought. You're told what to do. And in Nazi Germany, you're told what to do or they're going to shoot you. And so there are people who are in this situation and they're being vilified over history as evil people. And they had nothing to do with the Holocaust right? They had nothing to do with formulating that. They had nothing to do with the internment camps. They had nothing to do with any of that. Their their country was in a really bad place and they believed in the wrong person. And then people got put into the military, right? They were drafted into that. And then they were told to go over here and fight these people and win the war. And so there's a huge subset of people who were wrong, but they didn't know they were wrong. They weren't aware of what was going on in the background. They didn't know any of it. They thought that they were, they thought literally that these people were trying to take over their motherland and were causing them to not be able to have food and were oppressing them and that they were fighting for their freedom. That's what they were told. That's what they believed. And we know now that they are wrong. And it's hard for us to think about them not knowing that they were wrong. But that was the reality of the situation. And and so you always have to be willing to think, like, what are things that are going on right now that are blatantly wrong that I'm just choosing to be unaware of? 
you know, are there things in our society that we deal with that we accept even that are horrible and just we just don't question them because it just kind of is the way it is. And we were just told or we just grew up in a society. Let's take soda. Let's take Coke, for example. One of the biggest companies in the world, biggest beverage company in the world. And just nobody talks about what they're doing. They are one of the largest culprits of our healthcare epidemic, yet they're not vilified. Often they're celebrated and they continue to buy up all of these small companies and they continue to become bigger and bigger, more powerful, more powerful. Now they're advertising. How many of you guys think that Gatorade is something that is good for you after or good for your kids after a workout or after during a sporting event or things like that? All of those studies are bought and paid for by PepsiCo, by Gatorade. And there's almost no real good evidence that that's what you should be having during these sporting events. And there's a ton of evidence that shows how much sugar and bad sugar, bad sugar in Gatorade. Now, absolutely, I I can agree with you that some sugar during sporting events can be really good to restore glycogen, right? And some kids are probably able to burn quite a bit of glycogen during, you know, a soccer match or something. But soccer teams probably have it a little more right with maybe having a couple oranges at halftime as opposed to chugging a bunch of Gatorade. And yet this is just something that's just accepted. And like, let's look at all these athletes that sell out for Gatorade. And yeah, sure, I'll do commercials. They kick ass commercials and Gatorade's the shit, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, Gatorade is terrible for you. Accept that. Like, think on that. Think on that philosophy. Think on that viewpoint. Where does your mind go? Do you have confirmation bias in that? When I say that, do you think like, wow, no, Jeff's crazy. He's wrong on that. Or can you accept the fact that there's high fructose corn syrup, which is one of the main ingredients in Gatorade, and that's what we're feeding to our kids and they're chugging all day long? How is that? How is this okay? How have we gotten here? And this is just something that's just wrong, just generally wrong. And sure, I'm open to debate on it, but I feel like you're going to have a pretty hard time debating that one. But let's just think about how our society has just kind of accepted that. And once you start realizing that there's a bunch of little things like this going on all the time, like people don't realize that our military is in 190 something countries. We have bases. We have deployed military in over 190 countries right now. And we sit here and we debate border walls and this and that and the other. And it's like, how many of those countries do we not need to have bases in anymore? How many, how much of this could be better if we just brought a bunch of those soldiers home and put them on the border and used all that money for these foreign bases that are just influence bases and trying to establish power and dominance and all these things like would it, could there be a chance? Is it possible that it would just be better for us to bring 90 of those countries home? Just shut the bases down, right? We don't need soldiers there. 
So just because I think there might be a little pushback on this one, I decided I'd do a little research here and just toss you a couple of fun examples of military bases like Thule Air Base, which is uh, 947 miles away from the North Pole in northern Greenland. It basically was created 60 years ago for possible Russian missiles and basically now is the place that we send Air Force soldiers to die like or if they mess up they get sent up there and that's about it and we're still paying for that air base to be operational so and there's a dozen examples like this and these are things that just go undiscussed we're not talking about it, right? Now, those are just two examples. And again, I'm sure that there are going to be people that are going to disagree with me on both of those. And I'm fine with that. Like, I, I love it. I'm just, those are just things that I think about that I look at as something that's just not talked about at all. It's not even discussed. It's not on the table. And I do think that it's, it's bordering on a big problem. I think our military spending is out of control. Our tax dollars are out of control. And the, they just keep taking more and more and more and more taxes. And our deficit keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And nobody's sitting there saying, like, is, is any of this even necessary anymore? And then if they do say it, because they're maybe not Republican or they're maybe not Democrat, everybody's so closed-minded because everybody's either a Fox News watcher or a CSNBC or an MSNBC watcher. And, and, and we've drawn this big line in the sand where we're not accepting of anybody who's not like us. Right. And they're just and we're on these sides and these are the sides and there's just nothing else that we can discuss. And I just I see it as a really major issue. And I also see it as a major stressor. It's something that worries me about just America, Americans, our community, our society. And what I'm doing all of this for is. You know, I thought about running for Congress. I was close to for a while. I've thought about starting charities. I was close to for a while. It's like there's I I want to make a dent. I want to help our community move forward in some way. And so for right now, given my time, given my life, given where I'm at with everything, this is right now the best way that I feel like I can do that is let's work on developing a better mindset in our small community. Let's work on being better people. Let's work on really solid mental health and physical health. Let's do that for eight or 10 years. And if I can get a big group of people, if we can do that and we can draw out a blueprint, trust me, I've gotten a lot better at it over the last 10 years. I was not very good at it early on and I still have a ton to learn and I'm learning it from you guys based on these conversations and based on everything that we see every day and all the struggles that we face as a business and all the struggles my coaches face and all the struggles you guys face. I get to learn and see it every day. But if we can develop a better framework for this than anything that I do in the future, any of those different things, hopefully I'm, I'm better able to help our community from that. So hopefully, hopefully this has maybe moved you out of your firm stance just a little bit. Take those defenses down every once in a while engage with somebody who maybe thinks differently than you do or can you have an open conversation with somebody that really disagrees with you don't do it on facebook do it in person do it over a beer do it over coffee do it while sitting by a campfire and look at each other and just say you know i love you 
and I'm happy that we're able to do this. And now we're going to go at it and then we can give each other a high five afterwards and realize that it's fine. It's okay to think differently. It's okay to not agree with somebody. And the, the only thing I think actually that's not okay is to never learn, never grow, never accept different opinions and be a firm, you know, be firm in every stance that you hold. And then surround yourself with people who confirm that stance all day, every day. So hopefully this helps one or two of you guys. This is a hard one. This is not easy. Being open-minded is not easy. And for those of you guys who want some homework this week, be open-minded with your spouse. I want you to say to your spouse this week, huh, you might be right. It's really hard. It's really hard, right? But say it. Work that into this week's conversation. See if you can do it. Hope this helps. Love you guys. Have a good week.